0: Great news! Side Retired is now partnered with SeatGeek. For all ticketing needs, go to SeatGeek.com and use promo code SIDERETIREDPOD in all capitals for $20 off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including the second place New York Mets, New York Yankees, and Harry Styles. Yes, this means we're officially taking you out to the ballgame. And now for today's edition of Side Retired Podcast. Well, that's the most energy you're going to get out of me today because, you know, we started this weekend series. Mets needed to win at least one baseball game, just one baseball game. I think I gave you guys a preview. I think it was on Thursday where it was Mets need to win one game. Even if you win two games in the division, is really looking in great hands. They won zero game. Jacob Degrom pitched, and he stunk. Max Scherzer pitched, and he was worse. Chris Bassett pitched, and he didn't make it out of the third inning. So I am not doing great today, but James and Jack, how are you guys doing today?
1: Dylan, James, James and I took, you know, upon ourselves to record by ourselves. James made the bold prediction that the Mets would get swept. I followed up by saying, if you're in the Mets or a Mets fan, that absolutely cannot happen. And it is currently Armageddon in Queens. You know, is currently being exposed by freezing cold takes. Frank the Tank needs to have someone, you know, make sure he's not going to totally take over all of bar- Barstool content and run them into the ground. It is chaos on the streets. And if you are a loyal side retired fan, you remember the first time Dylan James and I were reunited, I was in a similar position. Garrett Cole had been taken deep by Xander Bogarts, Rafi Devers, and Kyle Schwarber in the wildcard game. And the Yankees were suffering a defeat- unprecedented in my lifetime dylan this is probably the closest that's been to you since then and i don't want to know i want to ask you how you are i want to see the raw emotions what is going on in queens
0: okay so for context we're recording this at around 11 o'clock sunday night sunday night baseball just ended maybe what half an hour or so ago And it's a roller coaster of emotions. It was confidence in this team Friday saying, okay, we're not going to sweep the Braves because we did go. The crazy thing about this series, we came into it. If we swept the Braves, the division was mathematically over. The Mets would have been celebrating around this time in the Atlanta Braves clubhouse. The exact opposite occurred. We didn't win a single game. There's disappointment. There's anger. There's frustration. And then there's just the, it's the Mets. This was always going to happen. And it's a roller coaster of those three emotions going through back to back to back. And it's not, maybe it's like 33%. Come on, Regis, guys. I think that's one third of those anger, sadness, and admittance and acceptance. But when you look at it, Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer, and Chris Bassett combined for a 6.91 ERA in three starts. That just can't happen. And we could list, and if you wanted to me, if you wanted me to, and I'm probably not going to, every single person in this lineup, with the exception of Jeff McNeil, underperformed. Brandon Nimmo stunk. Pete Alonzo stunk. Francisco Lindor stunk. Eduardo Escobar, September's over, buddy, because you stink now. Mark Hanna stunk. Guillaume stunk. James McCann's hitting 190 and is still starting in Major League Baseball. Nobody on this team did anything this weekend, with the exception of Jeff McNeil. Seth Lugo and Edwin Diaz, because thank God he struck out William Contreras in that at bat, because that would have been the icing on the cake. Contreras strutting up there with the narco intro song and then hitting an absolute tank off of Edwin Diaz would have been a disaster. Jack, how am I feeling right now? Anger, sadness, and the Mets are going to met.
1: Now, one player who maybe doesn't deserve as much hate as the others, because it was his first ever major league baseball series, Francisco Alvarez got the call up and right before the biggest stage, arguably he's seen ever, not arguably he's ever seen. And, you know, he kind of, you know, I mean, not really much can be expected of him, but, you know, uh, he kind of, he did not perform. He did not earn it. He did not get his first MLB hit. He, you know, it was lackluster performance, you know, characteristic of the entire Mets lineup. What are the early impressions? Or, you know, I mean, there's apparent frustration with the front office and the mishandling of his call-up. What do the Mets do from here now that they have MLB Pipeline's number one prospect who just has now a terrible taste in all of Mets fans' mouth?
0: So it was a weird situation that September 1, and even when James McCann got hurt earlier this year, it was like, oh, we have this guy who's raking it at the time. I think it was Binghamton. And he made sense to call him up and be the everyday catcher, give him the shot, see what happens. And they didn't. And then September 1 comes around and they called up Mark Vientos, which I think everyone was excited about. And they called up, I think it was Michael Perez to be the third catcher. Patrick Muzika used to be in the organization and be that third catcher. And they didn't call up Alvarez. They said, all right, I guess it's going to be next year. Give him his chance. With six games left in the season, it just seems like a panic move and that they wanted some spark shot in the arm, brave series. Let's call the kid up. Can't really say it. he's 20 years old. He's the youngest baseball player in the league, I think, right now. Uh, I think he's 20 and 160 days or whatever. I think so. Whatever. He's the youngest player in baseball. So can you get upset with him? No. He was thrust into a situation, called up Thursday night for three games against the division rivals. All right, kid, you're the guy that has to now save us. And that's sort of an uncomfortable slash uncalled for position to throw him into. And did he stink? Yes, he did. He threw his bat twice. I think in two different at bats, you only caught one of them again, but Alvarez did not perform this weekend Alvarez was not expected to perform this weekend. If you were being rational, at least. And I think it's fair to assume he will not be on this wildcard playoff roster because they're continuing to trot out Nito and McCann as much as McCann has stunk. I don't think Alvarez is ready. He looked pretty overmatched this weekend. And it was a tough situation to put him in to begin with. James, how are you doing today? Cause I don't think you've chimed in yet in this episode.
2: Doing well. Um, you know, prediction came through this weekend. Um, You know, Yankees still Kings in New York as usual. Um, You know, the King, the King just can't live in Queens. You know what I mean? That's kind of, that's kind of the way I see it. So another, another good weekend to be a Yankees fan.
0: Jack, you got any more grilling questions to ask me? What is now
1: you go into a a three game series where we've talked about the flukiness that even a seven game series could have three games in Queens, San Diego Padres. I know you're a Mets fan. Who's going to assume they're going to win, but. I know at this point it can't feel great. Jacob DeGrand, Max Scherzer, you know, kind of the highest playoff intensity that the Queens has seen, that you know, Mets fans have felt since 2016. What are the emotions? What is you know, the uh, the confidence level in these in your co-aces come playoff time? Now that in this this time next week, you're likely going to be facing off a lineup that features two of the best hitters in the game.
0: Well, if the Mets had lost tough games all weekend. whereas Kyle Wright battled Max Scherzer and they lost two to one, it would be a completely different story. But it's the matter that these were the biggest games of the season and each of the big three starting pitchers came up small and Jacob deGrom, he's the best pitcher on the planet. And I think Jack, even as a Yankee fan, you're going to agree with me. When Jacob deGrom is on, he's untouchable and he's the best pitcher in baseball. The only problem is he has a five ERA in his last five starts. He's not pitched well. There's injury concerns that I'm. I know there are people online saying, oh, he's dropping his elbow. He's not throwing his slider as much. Something's wrong with Jake. Max Scherzer comes out after his game yesterday and claims that, oh, I'm actually still dealing with my oblique injury. And Jacob DeGrom, after his starts, like, oh, I'm actually dealing with this blister thing. You're going to kill me for saying this. It sounds like we're setting up for what happened with Garrett Cole last season in the he's got a lingering injury. And if he doesn't perform, here's his excuse why. And I know I'm not, I don't want to start a Garrett Cole debate on this argument and we'll get to Garrett Cole starting in a divisional game next week, but it seems like the confidence in both of these, in both of these starters, as well as Bassett today, I didn't listen to the post game yet to see what was the excuse for why he was God awful today, but it's setting up for, if we lose to the Padres, we already have our excuse if DeGrom was hurt, Scherzer was hurt, but don't worry, we'll be back next season. So the confidence, as much as you said, you're a Mets fan, you're going to say it's high. It's really not right now. You Darvish dominates the Mets. Blake Snell has had an amazing second half. Now, do I think our offense is better than what we showed in Atlanta this weekend? Yes. And is it possible that we absolutely rake against Blake Snell and Joe Musgrove? Yes. But these are pretty evenly matched teams right now between the Mets and the Padres. And it's going to be an exciting three-game series at City Field next weekend, which, of course, we will be covering for Side Retired. So check out the Side Retired YouTube channel. Lots of videos will be up there because we will try to get to as many of those three games as possible. Wait, what about what about the
2: Phillies, though? I thought the Phillies are still in play. To
0: get that they've, they've fallen far enough behind the Padres. It seems like the Padres behind. have locked. Are they still? Yeah, they're one game behind. I just looked. I think it's pretty likely the Padres will hold on to that spot. But who
2: has the, who has
0: the tiebreaker? I think the Padres do. But the Phillies have the tiebreaker over the Brewers for that sixth spot, which is why it seems like that's going to be –
1: um brewers are done they're two games back and if they, it's true that they have the walk but and no, they can't have if they had the tiebreaker they'd already be eliminated no
0: no because I mean, it's two games so if the phillies lose out and the brewers win out brewers okay, are up yeah, by yeah, three. Yeah. that's the same with the mets brave situation right now
1: but to your, your, your analogous comparison of um garrett cole situation like the one thing i know yankee fans myself have said like yeah garrett cole was hurt Derek Cole never came in a press conference and said, yeah, you know, I had I hurt oblique. That's why I, I you know, I, I wet the bed and I, that's why we lost to the Baltimore, lost to Boston. If they have your two aces state their injury concern, you know, Derek Jeter's famous quote by him, if you're either hurt or you're playing, if you're playing, you're not hurt. And that, that's not an excuse, especially one that the New York media will tolerate after this kind of season series. And, you know, to see those two guys come up like that, and, you know, I mean, I didn't hear the quote, Dylan, I'll take you at your word, claiming that they both stated they were hurt, not a great look, and one that I, you know, I can, you know, sympathize with the fans, one that would frustrate me, seeing those two guys who have been so dominant in their heyday, Come up short now and blame it on injuries rather than taking responsibility for poor performance.
0: I will give Scherzer Scherzer's credit, and you can say if this is worse or better. His came out in an athletic inter, or article by Ken Rosenthal saying that Scherzer told him that. Jake's was literally flat out. So Jake, what's wrong over these past couple of starts? Oh, I have a blister. And I was like, really, Jake? You're you're gonna throw this out there, and I'm not gonna go as far as saying bye, Jacob Degrom. But if he's gonna go out there and ask for forty five million dollars for each of the next four seasons. And there's gonna be some team like the Los Angeles Angels, dare I say the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Texas Rangers, or some team like that that's desperate for pitching and will throw gobs of money at him. Bye. Plain and simple. Bye, Jake. Scherzer, Bassett, Peterson, McGill, Cy Young 2023, one of Carrasco and Taiwan Walker to rotation. I'll take. All right, crazy idea. 45 to Degrom. 25 to Verlander. He's getting plus, more than 20. He's
1: getting like 35.
0: Okay, 35 plus. You can spend that 10 million to re-sign Taiwan Walker. I don't know. Just throwing out there that allocating that money to two starting pitchers. Not saying like, oh, get Jamison Taillon and Domingo Herman. Not not dissing those <laughs> guys. But like, not saying like, take the Jacob Degrom money and spend it on like four to five back end of the rotation guys, but get an ace as well as a back-end starter, as opposed to getting Jacob deGrom $45 million. And I get that Jacob deGrom is the guy. And if all of a sudden he comes back and he says, $35 a year for three years, welcome back, Jake. But he just saw that Max Scherzer got $43 million from the Mets per annual for three years. I think his asking price starts at $44 and only gets higher. But I think the story is not yet written or finished on how that goes in the playoffs how everything happens there Steve Cohen's gonna spend this offseason but we're not losing hope officially yet because who knows this could be the low of the low and then they burst onto the scenes against San Diego they then have an amazing series against the Dodgers and who knows you beat the Dodgers there and you match up with the NLCS against the Atlanta Braves again and you're right back where you started in this seven game series so I don't know if that's Kind of ending this on a little bit of a happy note for a Mets fan, but the division's not technically over. We yeah, I agree. We I could agree win with out, and
2: I agree with that analysis. It's not. It's, it is October, but it's not October mm-hmm. yet. Um, you know, these games matter. when the division matters, but hey, I mean, if you're you know if you're one of the Mets players sitting in the locker room, you go, hey, we're still in the playoffs. You know, we're still going to be playing next week. We still have a series to win. Uh, you can't look back on the series in Atlanta. Uh, you know, you know, you have a good team. You've, you're going to win close. To they're going to win a hundred games, right?
0: We're at 98 right now. So we need yeah, to they'll win
2: hundred games. Uh, you know, you're a really good team. You know, almost every, any other year you'd win a division, you know, you'd win any other, you know, you'd win the AL, what the AL central, you'd win the NL central if you were in those divisions. So, you know, you have a really good squad. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you just, you look forward to next week, you, you get ready for San Diego or Philadelphia and That's where it all counts. You know, they go on and they win two two or three playoff series. No one's talking about them getting swept in Atlanta to end the season. You know, that's not the story anymore. So, and I agree, Dylan.
0: And the difference is also when the Mets collapsed in 2007 and 2008, they lost their playoff spot. They were in a wild card, they were just flat out out of it. That stunk that City Field 2008, the last game at, or sorry, the last game at Shea Stadium, City Field about to open. Mets win and they're in the playoffs, lose and they're out. And Tom Glavin stunk and the Mets didn't make the playoffs. That's not this. This is deflating. But I think it's also good that this isn't the end of the season because now you go beat up on the Washington Nationals for three games. And even if you don't win the division, you're at least riding in the playoffs with, okay, this team is hot. We're hitting again. Maybe Jay I don't it's a tough question. Does Jacob DeGrom now start game 162, knowing that he probably has to start Friday, Saturday, Sunday? I think not. But interesting to see how this goes, Jack. I know you want to add in something again.
1: Uh, this is just be the last thought. I think you have come to this year. I know Jeff Passon, several credible sources have said this is not like pure speculation, that if the Mets did not win the World Series this year, that Steve Cohen is supposedly going to be spending like a drunken sailor come the offseason. So food for thought, maybe to scare people, but not to, you know, antagonize your Mets friends too much. If the Mets lose in a potential wild card series, which I don't think they do, but it is baseball, it is October, as James mentioned, anything can happen. God only knows, you know, the amount of talent that's on this free agent class and the amount of money that a man worth $14 billion has to spend. There's Trey Tumber, Carlos Verdun, Justin Verlander. So several guys there for you. Uh, now I don't
0: batting. I don't bird signing anyone else who I have not mentioned. For the New York Mets, right fielder, and reigning MVP runner-up. Aaron judge <laughs> I <always clears knocked throat> that little bit in, but okay. One last thing that we will throw in for this episode and maybe we'll start doing this going forward because he is indeed the mystery man who is known for making bold predictions. David, who can, you can find on our YouTube channel making birthday shout outs David, we're going to throw it to you and our question for you for the day. I mean, this becomes a segment going forward. We'll see about it. Mm-hmm. Your bold prediction for how the national league East is going to shape out. Do you think the Mets can sweep and then the Braves lose out? Or is this going to be a plain and simple, the Braves win the division? And then what do you think happens in the playoffs for these two teams? Hmm. It's honestly
2: going to be very close, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, I think the Braves will lose tomorrow and the Mets will win tomorrow as well. But then on Tuesday, the Braves clinch. Awesome. And then in the series, whoever the Mets play at this point is probably San Diego. Yes. As long as they pitch well, hit well, they win in two. But if they
0: struggle in one of the games, it's going to best of three. And we'll see what happens there awesome well thank you for the analysis david and of course you guys can catch us on twitter instagram and youtube david will be making great videos there as well as lots of fun episodes fun interviews lining up for the next couple of days as we get you ready for playoffs we're gonna have a couple of guys coming on to represent their teams i know we did this at the trade deadline where we talked about teams what they needed to do we have a couple of guests lined up to talk about how their teams did looking forward to the playoffs as well as a couple of great interviews so if you haven't checked out our interview with the georgetown baseball head coach edwin thompson that was a fun interview for me as well as we interviewed Cubs top prospect Matt Mervis, who just crushed his 36th home run on the minor league season. So Jack, James, and David, we will be back with an episode Wednesday morning. So until then, the side is retired.